and welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel Tenney, and here we learn all about plants, how they work, how to care for them, and it's all taught in a way that anyone, from beginner to expert, can listen to, understand, and enjoy. So I hope that you will join me in Plant School. Hello, and welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. I had just as much fun editing this episode as I did actually doing the interview, and I really hope you guys feel the same way. We're talking today with Andrea, and she is discussing everything about succulents, some of the common mistakes she's seen people make. But also, in the second part of this episode, we talk about the life lessons that succulents can teach you, and it was so fun and enlightening to discuss this with her. I hope you guys feel enlightened from it as well, and I just want to say before I start this interview, if you want to leave a review for this podcast on Apple Podcasts, you are automatically entered into my next giveaway where I give away some sort of fun planty item, so if you haven't already, just scroll down, leave a quick review, I really appreciate it. And now, without further ado, here is my interview with Andrea. All right, welcome everyone to today's episode of Plant School Podcast. I'm here with Andrea. And as I was going through your website, Andrea, I hope you don't mind. That's kind of how I uh, scoped out how you got into succulents. But I was reading that you first became kind of introduced with succulents and obsessed with them when you were converting your Southern California yard to be more drought tolerant. And that after losing your job due to COVID, you decided to start Just Suck It and kind of just dive into it. And this is your business and you are spreading messages, kind of just like adapting and thriving, just like succulents do, along with messages of happiness through your social media presence but also through workshops and events, all of which revolve around succulents and either like creating different planters or things like that, or being more educational and teaching people how to care for them. Can you tell me a bit more about like how you got to where you are today? Like, what was it about converting your yard and working with succulents that kind of made you fall in love with them? Yeah, it was planting my succulent yard that really got me obsessed with them. They're such incredible plants. And when I started, I was using mostly landscaping succulents. And in Southern California, I see a lot of agaves, a lot of aeoniums. And so those were the plants that I initially was planting in in my yard. But then someone told me to go to this nursery in a town called Buena Park. And that's when I was introduced to echeverias. And I think that actually started my succulent obsession. And then from that, I learned about Haworthias and cacti and calanchoes, and they're just so incredible and so amazing. And I thought, you know, there's got to be other people who love succulents as much as me, because my family certainly didn't want to listen to me talk (laughs) about succulents all the time and, you know, how they're shaped and their colors and how they bloom. And so, like you said, I had found myself unemployed because of the clone apocalypse. But prior to that, I had bought... Um, the domain just suck it because I thought I'd create a blog or a blog mm-hmm. and share my love of succulents that way with people who actually wanted to listen. But uh, I was in digital marketing before and I was in wellness. So I had experience that sort of got me ready for the transition to start selling products. And initially it was going to be a subscription plan. 
and I was going to send out a succulent with some kind of motivational message with it. But then somebody asked me to uh, make a gift box and it turned into a gift company. And I, I love se um, sending succulents in the gift boxes because they do adapt, they thrive. And that's a message that I try to share all the time to anyone who wants to listen. And I think having succulents around reminds us that we have the same ability to adapt and thrive and everyone needs to know that. Yeah, for sure. That's a much needed message, especially with all the craziness going on in today's world. Absolutely. Okay. And before I dive into some more questions, I want to ask you, do you have like a favorite succulent above the that's, others? Because I know that's, that's probably hard. A, I know. That's such a tough question. For a while, it was the Aeonium Sunburst, and it's still one of my favorites. It's just a happy plant out of all the Aeoniums that I've ever planted. It's the one that just, it just grows beautifully. It seems like it can handle a lot of weather and temperature changes and it can handle bright sun and not as much sun. It's just, and it's always yellow and happy looking. And then there's an Echeveria Lola that is a really common Echeveria, mm -hmm. but whenever I see it, I, it stops me in my tracks. I just, I think that the shapes of the leaves and when it has just the right amount of sun, there's a little pink hue. It, it takes my breath away. I know it sounds silly talking about plants like that, but it's- No, not on this podcast. I know. <laughs> Succulents make me feel some kind of way. I don't know what it is, but it's good. But I, I see so many, there's so many that I love, but the, my first one, I always think about is Sunburst and then the Lola. That's probably it. And when I love like zebra haworthias, I think they're yeah. underrated as far as plants are concerned because they're just so easy to care for. And I think they're fun to look at. Although I didn't when I first started learning about succulents, I just really love the ones that look more like flowers. But now that I know about them and how they can handle a lot of benevolent neglect and <laughs> they can, they build confidence. Haworthias build confidence in people who are not great with taking care of plants. It's sort of like the gateway plant to other plants. You know, I love that. So yeah, that's a good, that's a good name for them. The gateway plant. It's the gateway plant. Snake plants, Haworthia is the gateway plant to plant parent confidence, I think. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And with having been in the succulent like world for a while, what would like be your advice for people in caring for succulents? What are some of like the top mistakes you see happening a lot? Well, the biggest one is lighting. And I say this, and a lot of people say this, succulents are low maintenance and they're easy to care for plants. They are with under the right conditions. And if a person sets up the conditions properly, then there really is very little they have to do other than water when their plant needs water and you know making sure they have enough light. A lot of times people will bring their plants home and then they don't know what kind of succulent it is and, or they'll get one as a gift and then they put it in the middle of their room or on their kitchen table. And they'll say, oh, you know, it's a really, it's a really bright room, but we know that succulents need a lot, depending on the succulent, like in Echeveria, they need a lot of uh, bright light in order to keep, to maintain their shape. And being in the middle of a room, no matter how bright it is, is not enough because the windows act as a filter. So I always tell people, if you're going to have it inside, it needs to be directly in front of a window or you have to get some grow lights because the lighting is essential to a happy, healthy succulent. I have to repeat that over and over again for people. They don't quite understand that a bright room is not the same as 
bright direct light for for a succulent that needs that needs lighting like that yeah that's so important my sister she had some succulents I feel like anyone can have a succulent it's like you don't have to be super into houseplants to own one and that's kind of the case it was for her she had one succulent no other plants and she was in a basement apartment and it was like taking off just growing super long and I was like wow how do you do that and come to find out that poor little guy was just reaching for the sun he wasn't he was stretched out yeah, he was not growing because he was happy. He was trying to find the sun. And I think, is that called etoliation when they yes. stretch out like that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's, well. that's not what you want to really no, happen. No. Yeah. No, but people, um, I think they forget what their plant looked like when they got it. And, you know, if it was this cute little bud, the little rosette of a plant, and then it turns into this long stalk with a foot in between each leaf. <laughs> Probably not normal, but they, people don't know that. They just think it's growing. I mean, it's not funny, but it also is. Sometimes when I tell someone, they, they'll they'll proudly show me their stretched out plant. I'm like, look, I've kept it alive for six months. Look how much it's grown. And then I have to tell them the bad news. And they literally look like I've punched them in the gut. Like, oh my God, I thought I was doing so well with it. Well, I mean, it's not dead. So yeah. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. And the nice thing is you can still like snip off the top and yeah. it can root. Like, I think that's one of the really fun parts about succulents with most of them. Not all of them can do that, but you can snip off the tops, set them back in the soil and they'll start growing new roots. Right. And grow into a, a beautifully shaped plant as long as it has the right yeah. conditions. So are there like any sort of succulents you recommend to people starting out? Or do you feel like they're all kind of the same care throughout the succulent world? Oh, no, no. There are plants that I suggest starting with. They're not necessarily the, the fancy schmancy succulents that a lot <laughs> of people want to start out with. But I always suggest Haworthias, Gasterallos. I actually have a hard time with most aloes. Other people don't. So I will suggest aloes and snake plants because they can handle just the right amount of neglect and, and they'll be fine. And if someone is going to be keeping their plant outside, then um, echeverias are good to start with, but they need light in order to maintain their shape. Gotcha. This might be something that's useful to bring up is since the succulent world is just so broad, can we briefly like go through what is included? Like what plants like we mentioned echeverias and I feel like that's what people mostly think of but like what else is in that world for those listening who may not know well there are over 10,000 different kinds of succulents and that's actually a new number too I didn't realize there were that many until a couple months ago I'm always learning too but the most common ones of course are cacti and by the way cacti and cactuses they're both correct there's like this whole they're both the plural forms of oh I never yeah. realized that. Yeah. yeah. Cacti is the Latin um, plural and cactuses is the English, but people get up in arms when they hear cactuses, which I think is funny. Okay. But I digress. <laughs> so cacti, and then of course, echeverias or echeverias, you can pronounce it either way. And then under that, there are hybrids like graptivarias and sedivarias, calanchoes, so many different kinds of calanchoes, gasterallos, sansevieria or snake plants. I'm trying to think, oh, hens and chicks, like Semper vivens, those are cold hardy. So those are the kind of plants that can be covered in snow, most of them, or a lot of them, 
covered in snow and then they'll come back. They actually do better in cooler climates. Sedums, graptosedums, so many hybrids. And then on the strains, like a lot of, well, this uh, Senecio brulianus was just reclassified to a carry out like string of pearls, mm -hmm. um, string of turtles, string of hearts, all succulents. That's funny you brought up hen and chicks because those are everywhere here because where I'm at in northern Utah, very cold, but they yeah. do great. And I think that's so cool that even in really cold climates, like it doesn't have to be sunny Southern California, like they can do yeah. well in so many different places. Yes. And, and there are cacti that can handle temperatures that are really, really high and also handle freezing temperatures like those that grow in the desert. And my fiance was actually in um, Peru. He went, he did a hike on Machu Picchu and he said there are cacti everywhere, like the um, old man cactus or the old lady cactus. They're furry. They're just like white furry cacti and they can handle extreme temperatures. Yeah. That's yeah. so fun. It's so fun to I see did. how they're, they're just everywhere. Yeah. They learn to adapt in all climates. Okay. Any other like tips or advice you would give to people? I know one thing that was hard for me with succulents mm -hmm. is I think I cared a little bit too much about them and I would overwater them all the yeah. time. Yes. So a, a succulent can come back from not being watered for a long time. The leaves can get wrinkly and a little brown, um, but you give them a good drink of water and they'll just plump right back up. A succulent is a succulent because it stores water somewhere in its tissue. So an echeveria, most of the time it's in the leaves and then you know the cacti can be in the, in the trunk, but overwatering puts a succulent at risk for rot. And there's no coming back from rot if it's not caught early enough. Now, a lot of times the rot will start from the beginning. I mean, from the beginning, from the bottom, and then it'll work its way up and rot is, it looks black and it's often stinky. If it's caught early enough, a person can cut above the rod until they see healthy tissue and then let it, let the succulent callus and then it'll be fine. But once the leaves start to fall off and if the whole stem is black, then it's just RIP, rest in peace, little <laughs> succulent. The, the best way to know when to water your succulent is to check the soil. They also have water gauges or meters. I typically just like to stick my finger in the soil and see what's happening. And then as far as depending on the kind of succulent it is, like in Echeveria, the leaves will start to get wrinkly. They get soft, a little bit wrinkly, and you know that there's no more water in the leaf. So you can just give it a good drink for the any of the strings, like the string of pearls or the tears. Same thing happens. Instead of them being round little balls, they get kind of flat. So you know that they need water. So the best thing to do is just eyeball your plant See if the leaves are plump and look good or if they're a little wrinkly and saggy um, and then check the soil. And then if the soil is dry and it has good drainage, if it has a drainage hole, just dunk it, like waterboard it. I don't know where this myth came from where you just missed it. And it, no, succulents are, you know, there a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them are desert plants. And when you think about plants in the, in the desert, they go months and months and months without water. And all of a sudden they're just, it just comes down on them and they get a lot of water all at once. And that's how we should take care of them in our homes too. So let them go without water for a while and then drown them with water. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You think about, I don't know, I'm close to Arizona and they have, you know, their monsoon season that comes through and yeah, they do get dumped on, but it's interesting how in our homes we don't 
think about that oftentimes. And I love that you brought up to check the soil. That's something I preach all the time because there's no such thing as like a, a watering schedule for a plant. No. It like your finger is always the best tool just to see if the soil's dry, give it some, give it some water. If it's still feeling a little bit wet, then wait a few days. And yeah, you don't need fancy gadgets. You just, just feel the soil and that will save you so much headache. Yeah. Especially with the succulent. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of like root rot and things like that, are there any other pests that you've seen succulents deal with or are they mostly pest free? What's been your experience with that? Well, the two most common pests for succulents are um, mealies, mealybugs, and aphids. Mealies are, they look like little demon creatures. They're <laughs> horrible. I mean, so if you see like something that looks like white cotton anywhere on the succulents, usually a, mealy, a mealybug. And you may not be able to actually see the mealybug itself, but you can see the cottony stuff that it produces. And over time, they can really damage the succulent. The best way to take care of that is either using insecticidal soap or 70% isopropyl alcohol, rubbing alcohol, and just spraying it or using a Q-tip. They're contagious. So the plant has to be quarantined. And after the last three years, we know what quarantining is all about. So you got to move the plant away from other plants, um, treat it. Sometimes you have to change the soil and then you just keep checking it to make sure that there, there aren't any more. And then aphids, they can be little like... I usually only get aphids outside. I have never had aphids on my indoor plants, just outside. Most typically, depending on the plant, you can just rinse them off with water, like a good cleaning. And then again, insecticidal soap or some rubbing alcohol, 70%. But those are the two main culprits, usually, that little pests that attack succulents. I've personally dealt with mealybug. And yeah, it's the worst. To describe them as demons, that's pretty accurate. They are. Like, they're just little demon creatures. (laughs) Yeah, I eventually just had to give up on one. I was like, this isn't worth it. They keep coming back and I don't know what to do. So I just dumped it. So a good sign to know that there could be a mealy problem is ants. They act as vectors. I think that's the right. Yeah. So they like hitch a ride on them. um, And that's how they go from plants. So outside, when I have my plants outside, if I see ants, I'm like, oh my God, I just, I'll just do a spray with insecticidal soap if I see Ants. So getting ants under control is actually really important, especially for plants outside. I had no idea that they were a vector for mealybugs. Yes. Okay. So kind of switching gears. I know I mentioned at the beginning that, and we've kind of talked about it throughout this episode, how succulents can kind of be used as metaphors for our life of adapting and thriving. And I know that you've had like a lot of personal experiences of adapting and thriving with Nike coming after you being one of them. I would love to talk about that, but yeah, I just kind of want to talk about like, what are some of the lessons that you have learned from succulents? I think this is just such like a fun and fascinating subject to take plants as a metaphor and apply it to our lives. Maybe have it do a little bit of healing for us or take some inspiration from them. I think it's a lot of fun to do. So yeah, tell me more about that. Yes. Well, I describe succulents as life coaches in plant form because they can teach us so much about ourselves and they are the goat at adapting and thriving. They just are. You know, we talked earlier about if a succulent is not getting enough light, 
it'll start to stretch. It does what it needs to in order to thrive. And if it's getting too much light, it, the leaves will fold in to protect it. Like the outer leaves might get burnt, but it's protecting the most important part from burning. And if they need, if it needs water, it slows down the growth. They're just amazing at, at, at adapting and thriving. And I, actually my favorite is, you know, when you cut the roots off of a succulent, they grow back. And for us as people, if we live long enough, we're going to have a challenge that feels like our roots have been cut off from underneath us. And then a lot of times we feel hopeless or we don't know how we're ever going to survive, but we have a hundred percent success rate of getting through hard times. Our roots always grow back and we'll thrive again. And whenever I cut the roots off of a succulent, because I do that a lot for a variety of reasons, I always, it helps me remember that your roots always grow back and you're always going to thrive. And so that's a message that I like to share with people. Because if you live long enough, even, even if you're just 10, you have a challenge, you know, we go through challenges and we overcome them all the time. I love that. Uh, just like such good application from that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of like, I don't know, for me, because we're still in the renting phase of our life where me and my husband are pretty young, haven't been married for a super long time. And the thought of like moving and going somewhere else sometimes is scary. It's like the thought of like cutting roots. Yeah. But to think that, you know, you can grow into a place and you'll be fine. I love, I love that message. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the, the other one, that's my favorite when you take a leaf off of a Calgoe or an Echeveria, you don't have to do anything to it. You take it off, you put it down someplace and a new plant will form. You don't have to give it light. You don't have to give it water because everything it needs to grow is already inside of it. And it's not until the mother leaf falls off, like at some point it's going to need light and at some point it's going to need water to continue to grow. But the basics, everything that it needs to start is was already within it. And but that's the same for us. I think we always spend a whole lot of time looking outside of ourselves for answers. We're getting advice from people. We're listening to podcasts and self-help books, which are essential. But when we need the answers, the basics, it's already, we have what we need. And if we spend a little bit of time really reflecting on who we are as a person, instead of fighting it, just lending it out and then accepting the help that will allow us to grow into the person that we're meant to be, I think we'd all be happier people. I think it's important that we remember as humans that we're already enough. We have everything that we need to grow. At some point, we're going to have to ask for help, but that's just part of living, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone needs help sometimes. We're always enough all the time. Yeah, I love that too. You're good yeah. at this. <laughs> <laughs> and so tell me a little bit about how succulents were able to kind of help you get through when Nike came after you because their tagline or slogan is just do it. Yours is yes. just suck it. So how did yes. that happen? And what was that like? Oh, okay. So that was crazy, crazy experience. I had, so I came up with just suck it. I bought the domain and everything. And then one day I found somebody else start a Facebook page with just suck it. So there was a second name. I someone using my name. I was like, well, I don't like that. So I started the trademark process. So I hired an attorney. It was through one of the like um, legal zoom or something like that uh, attorney. And then I didn't know this at the time, but there is a, there's a time frame. There's a 30 day time frame that a trademark is published. 
And when I got it, it said my trademark was published. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. But that's not the case. So there's 30 days where anybody, any company can come and say they're not okay with the trademark. It infringes on their trademark. So Nike, even after we did the search and even after it published, said my trademark infringed on theirs. It created dilution and confusion. And they ordered me to stop using my name in business, to change all my social media and all that stuff. Mm. So, but I remember when I, honestly, when I got the email, I, I, I read it and I was a little bit confused at first. And my, and then I thought, Oh, this is going to be fun. (laughs) Not because, because I realized, well, there's nothing I can do about like, they've already sent it to me. I'm already on the radar. So how am I going to make this work? And I also thought, they picked the wrong one because I I just wasn't going to not, I wasn't just going to stop using to suck it. You know, I thought, this is ridiculous. They sell shoes. I sell succulents. The <laughs> phrase just suck it if without the S-U-C-K instead of S-U-C-C has its own history. You know, it, nobody would confuse just suck it with just do it. And nobody made the connection until Nike did. And I also realized that, oh. I have everything that I need inside to thrive, right? So I thought they have billions of dollars and attorneys. I have social media. So let me just use social media and see what happens. So I just got on TikTok and I I think I only had like 20 followers. I mean, I never used TikTok. I didn't think anybody would see it, but overnight it blew up because I think it was like a David and Goliath story. But long story short, I'm still here. I'm still just second. They left me alone. I withdrew my trademark because that was the primary issue. And I basically said, if you know, if you still want to come after me for selling succulents, I don't know what to tell you. And they, they've left me alone. Wow. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm so glad they did. And that's so funny that TikTok came through for you. (laughs) Like helping. The the TikTok, I mean, there are people I came out of the woodwork. It was, it was quite the experience. That's awesome. I feel like I've seen that happen with other people too, of like, I don't know, someone's Etsy shop and a big company comes after them and they're like, there's no correlation here. Like, help me out. Yeah. So I'm glad that the kindness of TikTok helped you out. I know that. it did. That's so awesome. And I, I don't know, I think what you're doing is really unique. I think it's a lot of fun. It, it's something so needed in today's world to take these messages and to come from plants is just like an extra bonus, but to take these messages and spread them to other people. I think what you're doing is just, I don't know, a really great thing. And I'm so Thank happy you. you're doing it. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I It's, it's so much fun. I'm having so much fun. And I, I always can, I, I always considered myself a plant killer. <laughs> I've never been able to keep plants alive. And the fact that I could, take care of succulents, just such a confidence builder. And then now I'm, I even have a pothos that I've kept alive for a while. Like I'm branching out into other plants because of succulents. Look at you. Right? I know I'm doing big things. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So for those listening, how can we stay in touch with you with what you're up to? I know you have, uh, w- would you call it like a, a membership club sort of thing that you have? So yeah, tell us about where we can find you and stay in touch. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm just suck it everywhere. S-U-C-C. I'm not responsible if anybody searches the S-U-C-K spelling. I'm not <laughs> responsible for what comes up on their search. But on Instagram and Facebook, I don't use Facebook that much. On TikTok, I'm just suck it OC. Um, and my website is just suck it.com. I have a membership called Sucky Friends. 
And I like to describe it as a place where succulent care and personal care collide. So we, of course, we talk about all things succulents, info and all the fun information about being able to take care of them and grow them and propagate them. But of course I have personal development, motivational stuff in there too. Like I just sent, it's a, I just sent the group. It's an, a, a post every single week. I have a membership portal. People log in and they can see the downloads. I have recipes in there. But we talked about core beliefs this week to simplify that. Like I had this belief that I killed plants. And so I didn't take care of plants for a long time. But because of succulents, I've changed that belief. And that's a really simple one. But there are so many other beliefs that we carry that affect how we live, how we love, how successful we are. And until we identify those and, and learn that they're not they're not accurate, we can change them. Sometimes we're stuck. So that was actually the topic this week, in addition to succulent facts that you should know. So it's just all the things that I love. And I realize that other people love succulents and they also want to thrive themselves. And that's what the Sucky Friends community is about. And that information is on my website too. That's so fun. What a fun community to be a part of. I think so. Yeah. No, I think you're adding a lot of value to those people's lives in that club. That's a lot of fun. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Andrea, for coming on and for sharing with us your knowledge about succulents and also the incredible life lessons that it can teach us. I really appreciate you being here and talking with me today. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks for inviting me on your show. This is fun. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to the Plant School podcast. I hope that you will join me for our next episode. And if you would like to support this podcast and keep it going, there's a link down in the show notes of this episode where you can donate to this podcast. And I really appreciate all that help. Or you can go to my merch store, which is also linked in the notes of this episode. And you can find some really cool plant-related shirts and stickers. And if you want to support the podcast but spend no money, feel free to share it with a friend, leave a review. All these things greatly help me out and allow me to keep doing this. Again, thank you so much for listening and for being here at the Plant School Podcast.